1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Neil Lennon is on a hiding to nothing According to the man who aims to knock him out of the Scottish Cup Scott Arfield says inconsistencies killed Rangers season As Motherwell banned the fan who threw a lighter on Sunday And Scotland's women record a famous win against Brazil I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Gordon DL and the returning Roger Hanna <laughs> And the Scottish Cup semi-final main games have officially started Five days before Celtic look to move closer to the second leg of a treble treble if you like Gordon Derek McInnes is already stoking it <coughs> up um, he knows Neil Lennon's future could well hang on Sunday's outcome at Hamden it could well hang on managing to complete the league title triumph as, as soon as possible after that slip up against Livingston and Derek McInnes has just thrown a little one in today yeah, I think Aberdeen um, the first one's obviously Hearts Inverness Hearts will get into that strong favourites Gordon um, but Inverness are no mugs under John Robertson They'll be well organised and uh, they'll give it a go The big one for me is the following day Aberdeen Celtic Now if you'd asked me two three months ago I would have said Celtic were a shoe in certainty I've watched them over the last few weeks um, They're getting away with late goals And it's all about scoring You know to make sure you win the game It's a 90 plus minute game uh, But some of their performances Especially in second half has been very, very slack indeed. So they'll need to get their game back in order for the the Aberdeen and uh, the semi final on Sunday. And for Rangers and the other teams not involved this weekend, Roger, it, it may seem like the season hits a little bit of a lull before they tackle those post split fixtures. But the reality is, they have to face them head on and start planning for next season as well. Yeah, and you could think after the defeat at Celtic Park, effectively handed the title to Celtic, you would think maybe Rangers said, you know, see their season being over. You look at the performances since then Anything but 3-0 against Hearts 3-0 against Motherwell at Fur Park And Sunday Gordon They want to seal second place As quickly as they possibly can They've got a game against Hearts at Tynecastle Which would then prolong Celtic's title party Until the following week And then they've got three home games Culminating in Celtic coming to Ibrox They will want to get as close to Celtic In terms of points as they possibly can So Rangers season far from over yeah, that's a big talking point, always has been, Gordon. Brendan Rodgers left uh, Neil Lennon with an eight-point gap. Um, he stretched that, it was 13 before the weekend, and Rangers went to Fur Park and got a terrific result there. Um, uh, Celtic obviously struggled against Livingston, but a lot of credit must go to Gary Hole and Livingston. I thought the way they set up, I know that some Celtic fans say, well, they parked the bus. But when you've got the budget and the squad that Livingston's got, they've got every right to go there. And what a terrific point they got. 0141 That is the number you need to get in touch tonight. So let's hear from you. Tell us what is on your mind. Are you already looking ahead to this weekend's Scottish Cup semi-finals? How are you looking back on the weekend's action? Or maybe you're thinking outside the box. Let us know. 0141 Twitter is at Clyde SSB uh, I'd be keen to know what you make of this Listen to these comments And tell us what you think Derek McInnes says Neil Lennon is on a hiding to nothing As he tries to secure the Celtic job on a permanent basis The sides do meet at Hamden on Sunday In that semi-final And the Don's boss says Lennon faces a tough situation After taking over from Brendan Rodgers He's obviously uh, been very uh, fortunate Because it's Neil's, Neil's where he wants to manage Is at Celtic 
I think Celtic were fortunate Neil was available and Neil probably sees it as a real opportunity for himself but I think what you actually see in terms of different styles is maybe just more in terms of the personalities you know Brendan was maybe a bit more patient and, and deliberate with her work and controlled Neil would like to let you know here we are you know they're in your face a bit more they ask the question a bit more there's maybe a certainly a lot of energy but both of the uh, the same traits are trying to win the games and they're used to winning games and both have been very successful Celtic managers and he'll be desperate to to try and see the job through and he's only hiding it nothing really because if he doesn't win the league which obviously will now I'm pretty sure if he doesn't win the cup, then it was seen as, as failure. But oh, the same wouldn't have been said of Brendan if he didn't win the cup. It's tough for them that, but that's for them to worry about. You know, for me, it's just about trying to beat the Celtic team. My players try to beat the Celtic team. It's no. Sometimes I think the manager's part of it can be overplayed. Derek McInnes will probably tell you he was sticking up for Neil Lennon there. The cynical amongst us will say that that's just him cranking up the pressure on his opposite number ahead of this weekend. Well, you're looking at one of the cynical among us here, Gordon. <laughs> um, Derek McInnes has been on the wrong end of a lot of cup defeats against Brendan Rodgers Celtic. Cup finals, etc. in the last two or three seasons. And before each of those games, you listen to Derek McInnes' press conferences, I never ever really got the inkling that Derek McInnes believed his Aberdeen team were going to win those games. You always sort of thought that, you know, he talked it up a bit, but really he always knew they had a huge uphill struggle. I think listening to Derek McInnes today, he fancies it. I think for the first time in a long time, he thinks Aberdeen, and he genuinely believes, could upset Celtic this Sunday. Um, he has seen them go to Celtic Park for a league game, perform well against Neil Lennon's team, one of the games Daz was talking about there. And I think he feels, even without Daz's pal Graham Shinney, even without him suspended at the weekend, I think he fancies Aberdeen to come and, and do something at Hamden. Was he defending Neil Lennon or is there a bit of a mind game attached? No, I think uh, I think Derek was uh, defending him. Uh, I think he was honest there in his remarks. Um, and he was very complimentary to both managers, which you expect from a guy like Derek McInnes. I'm with Roger on this. I think that Aberdeen will look at this game, Gordon, and they'll think probably the best opportunity in a long, long time. Because even Celtic fans, and, and I was there on Saturday against Livingston, and there was a lot of Celtic fans not happy, especially in the second half. It was the same against Rangers. They've had to score a late goal at, at you know, Hearts, Dundee. They're still getting the job done, you've got to say. But I'm sure a lot of Celtic fans would be looking for a better performance. And um, they certainly didn't get that second half against Livingston. 0141 Let's hear from you. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB as well. John's a Celtic fan, first up in Linwood. Hi, John. Hi, Gordon. Uh, Roger and uh, Legend. How are you doing? Hi, John. Hi, John. Uh, guys, um, I think we can all agree that, um, you know, Celtic, they look tired. And they were tired when Brendan Rodgers was there, you know. I mean, we paid £2 million for the guy. Obviously, you know, Brendan must have went to the board and asked for more money to refresh the team. But, you know, that that's, that's all stuff. I really want uh, Neil Lennon to get the job. I've always been a Neil Lennon fan when he was a player and a manager. Uh, start of the, the eight in a row was him that started it. Um, I just feel that, you know, as I said, they're tired. I, I kind of blame, you know, the, the shirt and ties at Celtic that they should have refreshed, 
you know, the, the, the players when when Brendan was there, you know. But now, as I said, it's Neil. And uh, as I said, I want Neil to get the job. Um, and hopefully, you know, we, we go on and get eight in a row. Obviously, we go for the treble, treble, treble. Um, but that, that's my point, guys. Yeah, well, John, I'm got to disagree with you. In the the old hey. uh, the excuse, hold on, the old uh, tired excuse for me, it doesn't doesn't wash with me at all because if you look at Celtic squad, they've got yeah. such a big big squad they can rotate with quality players all over the pitch in, in most positions. Um, you know, Neil Lennon come out with well, a bit leggy, three games in six days, but he's making four or five changes. I don't understand that. I really don't. Players are well looked after now. Uh, the recovery is is always looked into to make sure that they're prepared for the next game. He can change his squad. He can rotate from the bench with quality. Uh, so I'm not I'm not buying into Celtic look tired. Right, and plus the fact, hold on, John, John, hold on. Plus right. the fact they've got the, you know, the treble again in front of them. If that doesn't spur you on, you're not going to be tired. Yeah. I just think that there's something there now, and I don't know if it's because Neil's trying to keep everything ticking over the way Brendan Rodgers. He doesn't right. want to change too many things. I would like to see Neil Lennon just coming right in and stamping his authority on the, on the team. It's, it's his team just now. He's going what? to go and win the Scottish Cup if the Celtic supporters are wanting for the manager's job. Right, John? What? When I say tired, I mean as in we we should have obviously when Brennan was there as well, uh, McGinn's people like that, you know, Brennan wanted uh, to refresh the team, and I just feel that uh, the guys at Shantai level have uh, let managers down, as in Celtic managers down, with no refreshing. When I say tired. I agree with everything you just said there, Legend, but at the same time, if you want to keep winning, you sometimes have to keep buying. You, you, you talk about refreshing, John. They brought in four players for Brendan Rodgers in January. You know, Timo Weir came in, Ollie Burke came in, Jeremy Tolian came in, Vasuf, no, Bio, as he likes to be known, came in and hasn't been seen. So the guys in the shirt and ties did back Brendan Rodgers in. January, just as they've backed him in previous windows. Um, the times I can't make my mind up. Daz has seen more of Celtic in recent weeks than I have. There's something just not quite clicking there. I don't know whether it is tiredness, as you suggest, whether the likes, whether they're missing the likes of Rogic who's just coming back and Cham who's just coming back. Benkovic has been out of the team. Tierney's been in and out of the team and isn't 100%. You know, whether that's a problem or whether... You know, maybe Neil is trying to change Brendan's team slowly and those changes the players haven't quite, you know, clicked into yet but some of the results that they've toppled over the line in the games against Rangers and Hearts and Dundee they didn't get over the line in the games against Aberdeen and Livingston and there's big games coming up now I would argue none bigger than Sunday because a slip up in Sunday and the treble, treble, treble as you talk about is gone 
Uh, let's hear from Ryan Christie Thank you to John in Linwood We're going to hear from Scott Arfield In the not too distant future as well But Ryan Christie's desperate to play a part this weekend The Celtic do look to keep that treble treble You've confused me now Roger uh, Dream alive The midfielder made his first start since February In Saturday's goalless draw against Livingston He says they'll need to be at their peak To beat Aberdeen on Sunday Every game we've played against Aberdeen this season They've, they've made it very hard for us And they're well known for doing that And you know kind of going man v man And um, you know, first and foremost, you need to try and, and, and work harder than them, which, you know, um, is very hard against Aberdeen. So, um, you know, this week building up, we'll, we'll try and prepare as, as well as we can for, you know, a good structure and tactically um, going into the game. And then, um, like I said, on the day, we need to make sure we, we almost want it more. You know, I'd love to, to be involved in it as, as a lot of the boys in the, the squad would, I'm sure. Um, you know, everybody wants to play um, in semi-finals, especially at Hamden. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a great game for for everyone to look forward to, and um, you know there's no doubt everybody in the squad going into it will be up for it. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Eamon is reacting to Derek McInnes' clip. They are saying that this is the reason Derek McInnes turned down Sunderland. He genuinely believes he can win a trophy this year. Lennon's biggest challenge yet, says Eamon. Yeah, if, listen, it very probably is. Neil Lennon's biggest challenge so far because when he took on. The job, the stats says they were eight points clear in the league. They've stretched that now to, I think it's 11. This is the first sort of win or bust game, if you like, for Neil Lennon since he's returned as Celtic manager. Um, a defeat at the weekend, the treble treble's gone. You know, had he lost any of the league games prior to now, even the Rangers win, or failed to win at Hearts, or failed to win at Dundee, those games where they get the late winners, wouldn't really have made a huge amount of difference. Losing Sunday, it makes an enormous difference And it could, as Derek McInnes is hinting It could have a bearing on his long-term job prospects Got our second John of the night on the line Hi John Hi guys, how you doing? Not too Hi bad John. Hi John Hi Gordon Oh he's just put us on hold already uh-huh. He's fed up of us We got you back yet John? He's actually stuck us on hold That's what that means isn't it? Yeah, yeah he's having a conversation with <laughs> the other John <laughs> I'm sure we'll get him back uh, Whilst we're there though on Twitter Boxer T's got it, got it all figured out He says guys I can feel from your vibes In the studio tonight That you don't want a Celtic win V the Dons Well I think that uh, you, you, you deliberately giving off those vibes No Gordon? I'm not I'm not uh, Gordon uh, I The said, fact he's got his Angus sheep outfit on Is that going to give away I said about two or three weeks ago I think that whoever wins Sunday's cup tie Will going to be the winners of the Scottish Cup uh, I just hope it's a real good game and, and I think that Celtic If they go there with the, the style that they can turn on They will be too good But they'll have to earn it John very kindly has taken us off of hold And is back with us Hi John oh, Hey guys no, You're fine, on you go uh, Alright, no, I, was, I was saying there uh, To me, in, in Sunday Rogic has got to play Gordon Know what I mean? To me, he's a guy that hurts Aberdeen all the time Over the last three years And he must play in Sunday And I think Ben plays I've got to get him hanged, you know what I mean? I said, we man get his bit in the back, guy, sorry. No, that's um, fine. Guest no. appearance, I don't mind that. Tom Rogic <coughs> has to play, says John. Well, I, I've said how many Yeah, no, you're a big fan. Oh, I'm a massive fan of Tom Rogic. The fitness the, side of it. The fitness would, yeah, he looked, a, he looked a bit better at weekend against Rangers. He just looked way off the pace, I've got to say. But they're always difficult games to come on to, Gordon. You know, they're, they're, they're played at 100 miles, I know. Um, but I think that if he has... You know, if the fitness is there, I would certainly start him because he is a guy that can win you big, big games because he's a terrific player on his day. Yeah, 
And he's shown in the past he's a guy for the big occasion. I think mm-hmm. he scored in all four derbies against the Rangers last season. He scored in cup finals against Aberdeen in the past. I think Celtic's best spell this season coincided actually with Scott Brown being out the team in the midfield three was McGregor, Rogic and Christie. And McGregor was playing in that deeper role. So it'll be interesting to see how, with Brown fit and Brown definitely starting, it'll be interesting to see if Rogic plays who, who doesn't play. I, because I think you would, you think, would leave and charm out. Well, but you've still got Brown, you've still got Rogic, you've still got McGregor, you've still got Christie. I, th- I think Christie's yeah, played well since he's come that. back. Yeah, really? I, I yeah. think Christie's played well since he came back into the team. Well, I, I, and, I and, thought, and you cannot leave out Callum McGregor, who for me is footballer of the year. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll disagree with that. Um, I think that um, Christie, who I thought was terrific when he came on against it, man, watched him Saturday. Didn't have the same effect, but he's he's played very well for Celtic. You've got to say. Stadium man of the match was he not on Saturday? Uh, yeah, yeah but, but I've I've watched the <laughs> ones before. Uh, but I'm going to go with your argument here about Chris. Um, sorry, McGregor being player of the year for you, Roger. I've got to say, I think James Forrest has been absolutely brilliant this season. I really do yeah. And I don't think he gets the pats in the back that he deserves Alright, probably a debate for another time Let's let John back in I, I, see, Seeing Sunday, I think, by the way I know Celtic, we all love to hate him And so the Rangers fans But I think they'll really miss Graeme Shinney on Sunday I, A lot of people, but he's a wee guy in the team He's a, he's a wee tenacious player, man I think they'll really miss him on Sunday I think that could be a big difference to Aberdeen on Sunday what I mean, but as I said, Gordon, honestly, I think Rogic has got to play. I know he's not fully fit, and he's a guy that only maybe plays 60, 70 minutes, but to me, he's got to play. I mean. All right, thank you to John on the line 0141 That's the number you need to join us, Rangers fans. Might be a good time for you because we're about to hear from Scott Arfield after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Take yourself from Gordon DL and Roger Hanna here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Give us a call if you want to get involved. 0141 951 1025. If you would rather tweet, then you can do so at Clyde SSB. Let's hear from Scott Arfield. He says that inconsistency has killed Rangers. Season, But he hopes to learn from the mistakes going into the next campaign He was delighted, as you would expect, to get his first career hat-trick on Sunday And says he didn't admit, he didn't expect Jermaine Defoe to pass them for that third goal When you played them before, they were more direct Now, they, now they've got good footballers in there So we knew we, had, we could exploit them in the, in the back end Thankfully the three chances came with pressing up, pressing high And um, thankfully we put them away The last couple of games you've played a bit further up Do you prefer it up there? I'm just happy to be anywhere, anywhere on that pitch uh, in this team if you get the nod, then you're then you're doing something right. I played kind of similar at Burnley, but more than a four four two, which was uh, slightly different. But I think up here, you're, especially when Jermaine plays, he's different for Alfredo, different for Laugh. You need to be around them as, as much as possible, and that's what me and Daniel did. Yeah, so Jermaine was going to shoot for the third one. I can't believe he passed it. To be honest with you, <laughs> if it wasn't on two, he's not passing that. Not a chance. So. <laughs> but fair play to him. That's. Uh, I don't think anybody in the stadium expected him to pass it, but he did, and, and I thank him for it. Obviously, March wasn't good enough as a, as a month, and the, the five or six games we fell away quite quickly and consistently, and I think the consistency's killed us, so it's up to us again to, to turn that screw and, and make people happy. We've done it the last two games, but now there's another five coming at us, and uh, we're looking after them. It's one of the things, I think, inconsistency's killed us throughout, throughout the whole season. We take so many steps forward and a wee step back, and, and when you're going up against these sort of teams, the consistency absolutely kills you, and that's why we're, we're, a, we're a wee bit behind now, but hopefully in the, in the long run it's a lesson learned and, and next season it'll be better for us Well it's been a strange second half to the season for Rangers and Scott Arfield's right Gordon inconsistency has killed them if you go back to the game the win against Celtic between Christmas and New Year 
they were right up there They added with Defoe and Davis in January And I think every single Rangers fan who phoned this show in the month of January Couldn't wait for the Premiership to start again with that game at Kilmarnock And they lost the game at Kilmarnock And then they stuttered and they stumbled a little bit And suddenly... You know the gap was a little, The gap today is 11 points At one stage it was 13 So Scott Arfield's right It has been the inconsistency In the second half of the season That's bedeviled them That's seen them fall off the pace And that is the single most important thing Stephen Gerrard and the players Are going to have to sort out this summer Yeah I watched the game in, Obviously on Sunday Gordon I, I like Arfield I think that he does bring something Different to the middle of the park I think he can get into good positions and uh, he knows how to get his goals A uh, very experienced player I was reading John Hughes' article today Bumbling him up oh, Don't you worry that, oh, that, that might be to come in the oh, next couple it? of minutes Yeah, I, th- I thought it would be uh, very complimentary of Arfield So he could be a big player for Rangers next season Would Morelos have passed? No Absolutely no chance I wouldn't have passed Oh, well, I know that <laughs> Tell us something we don't know Okay then <laughs> But you've got to give credit to Defoe To be fair Defoe's about 12 yards out That was usually further than you were out that for the goal <laughs> uh, 01419511025 That's the number Charlie in Kilmarnock has dialed Hi Charlie Hurry sonny then Not too bad Charlie What's on your mind tonight? Just thinking about Gerard and how ginger he is How what he is? <laughs> Can I... I missed that completely I must admit uh, Well I, over I, my head I think Charlie missed it as well Yeah Any Shed any light Roger Hannah? Nah. No I don't no. think so I'm afraid uh, not We were hearing from Scott Arfield Gordon You mentioned mm. you know, I think it's fairly obvious He's been a success this season Hasn't he He's been one of the When you when you sign so many players You can't get them all right But he's no. been one that, that Has slotted in Will he be A big part of next season as well? Oh yeah Definitely um, He'll be a big part of it um, he's got good experience Gordon He's a good player um, Everyone that watched Rangers this season It always goes back to the same points About the middle of the park Being sort of a You know The same The, the players are the same They needed something different in there I think Arfield Is good at going beyond the strikers I think he's good at Getting into good positions uh, Dangerous positions And he showed on Sunday That he can put the ball back in it If he gave him the opportunity So He'll definitely be a big player next season St- Stephen Gerrard just tweaked it A little bit Since Celtic Park Arfield just played the wee bit Further forward to accommodate Davis In the game against Hearts Did it again at the weekend and, You know On one occasion it was sort of Off the foe in Kent Then at the weekend it was off the foe And can us a little bit You think mm. that being just that five yards further on, does that aid him? Does that give him an extra five yards to go beyond the striker? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, Roger. I think that they've found a formation for him, as you say, because he's tried Kent in there as well, just playing off the striker. I think Arfield's the best in the club at it. Put him further forward. Forget the defensive part of the job for him. There's other people there behind, like Ryan Jack, McCrory's there, players like that. Davis is the one that's... Hopefully going to pick out the passes for them You know, to Defoe, to the striker And then the third man running like Arfield And I think that if it gives them the freedom And they can get the quality service He'll score goals And, and you know what, what I'm building up to here does Because since Morelos has been out of the team They've won 3-0 with Arfield and Defoe scoring They've won 3-0 with Arfield getting all three Defoe teeing him up If this sort of run continues does Stephen Gerrard leave Morelos out of the team? Well, that, that's just got to be the big question, Mark, uh, Roger, because you're not just dealing... Football has changed completely now because managers and coaches are basically told, look, 
That's an asset And Morelos just now On what 29 goals Is an asset Yes of course he is So it'll be interesting Would Rangers now Just leave him on the bench When he comes back From suspension Rather than saying We're going to give him Game time And try and get him Out the door And get some money in for him Now you don't need to be called John to get through On the phones tonight But it seems to be helping We've got another one Hi John How you doing gentlemen Not too bad What's on your mind tonight well, I could give you a couple of points, but I'll give you a main point. Do you think the league's over? Yes. Yes. Fair point, you know what I mean? So you don't think Celtic can drop me points and we keep winning? Well, Celtic have got 11 clear, and there's only 15 to play for at the minute, John. So that would Celtic have a slightly better goal difference at the minute. That would involve Celtic dropping 12 points, losing four out of the last five games. Now, if you look at the, the fixtures earlier in the season Yes they lost at Ibrox So perhaps they could lose at Ibrox I cannot see them Losing three of the other four games Against Aberdeen, Kelly, Hibs and Hearts Are you, are you asking the question John But Presumably because you you don't think it's over well, Listen It's not over till it's completely over is it Until it's mathematically impossible I said this last year and I'll say it this year But no I mean I don't think it is Matt. No I mean there's no within Beyond the reach that's my personal Opinion You know what I mean I'm saying that You know what I mean The last couple of games We'll come back strongly Yeah John I always like the fact That you're so positive Every time you come on this um, Phone in And quite rightly so You support your team um, You've got Great belief in them I'm sorry I can't I can't agree with you mate I think that The league is well And truly over uh, I actually thought It was over Before Rangers Even pitched up At Celtic Park Not that long ago um, So 11 points uh, At this time of the season uh, That is just too much Right, can I go to a second point? Of course you can. Right, Mr Brown. Andy Halliday against Morton. Done a sign, a sign him a correct? Oh, the, the, when he got sent off at Capel? Yes. Yeah, I remember it well. Right. If you see the video, it's gone about and it's quite clearly Scott Brown does the exact same thing after standing when I mean, he moved away. He done the exact same thing to the Rangers fans. I'm sorry, but if you've not seen the video, then you're a very... How Neil Lennon and all that can see he done nothing wrong? Standing in front of you is fine, but his actions at the very moment as he walked away was the exact same as Andy Halliday. And that's why I think he's going to get to call a call, because Halliday got done for it. Well, Halliday didn't get done for it, John. Halliday got booked. Halliday got a yellow card. It was a second yellow card. That's where the, that's where the problem lies if you're wanting to compare the two. Right, well, but it's still, it's still done it. And basically, he's inciting a riot anyway. Well, I mean, that's my personal opinion. There's no reason for him to get near the Rangers fans. Well, I mean, there's no reason John, for him. There's no reason. John, the big, the big argument of that, and I was at the game and I was watching what was going on, and I did say that everybody's got a responsibility the minute the game finishes. Scott Brown was actually at that end of the pitch. He never ran over to the Rangers fans. So we can forget about that. Yes, he does his wee dance and whatever. I have seen the gesture as well. And I said after the game, I would have liked to have seen Celtic Rangers support shake hands, get Rangers off the pitch, and Celtic go and celebrate with their own supporters. There wouldn't have been a problem. Yes, he made the gesture. But it'll be interesting because Andy Halliday's one that you're comparing it to, basically the same, was a second booking. I'll tell you something. I think we're if, in danger of going over old ground. I feel we, 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 we kind of... Ripped it with that one last week It went on and on and on um, Eventually the hearing will come oh, round And we'll talk about it again We've got another three and a half weeks Before <laughs> this hearing God, And there's plenty of radio time For, for this one And you would be able to sell tickets If the SFA are worried About a lack of income streams 
sell tickets to mm. this Scott Brown, Brown disciplinary hearing because I think it will be absolutely fascinating and I think the SFA will have their work cut out making anything stick to Scott Brown Thank you to John on the line uh, This is beyond the joke Guess what the next caller's name is? John Yeah, good guess We'll hear from him in just a second uh, John Hughes Whilst we're on the theme Says he told Scott Arfield To jump at the chance To join Rangers When he phoned his old boss For advice last season The former Falkirk manager Can't speak highly enough Of the midfielder And says he's disappointed He didn't get the chance To play for Scotland I'm only disappointed That Gordon never Capped him for Scotland He should have Capped him for Scotland It shows now He should have Capped him for Scotland And it's a shame He had to go Way over to Canada And play for Canada He's got that It's great he had that Link to go and play for Canada, but he should have been playing for Scotland. You know, and I said I spoke to Mark McGee, and I know Mark McGee says we've got too many players like that, and at the time they probably did. I can understand that, but Scottish still would have been playing now. I and mean, when you see what he done on Saturday, the the goals, absolutely fantastic. As a manager's dream, I'm guarantee he'll be first on Stevie Gerrard's team sheet. He phoned me up uh, when the Rangers were in and he phoned me up and says, what do you think? I says, any kid that gets a chance in Scotland to get a chance to play for any part of the role for him, be it Celtic Rangers, you go and take it. Rangers is a massive, massive football club. Uh, and then I says, to my advice with him, dive it. Absolutely dive it. You'll love it. The old for him games are something special. Best games in the world. So he goes in and says, thanks very much. Took the advice, went and signed for them. Two weeks later, a month later, Stephen Gerrard's a manager and Gary McAllister in there so to go and work with these iconic figures of football um, absolutely fantastic I can't speak honestly I can't speak highly enough here 0141 that's the number you need to get involved we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well John's a Celtic fan in Cumbernauld hi John hi there uh, it was just a, to make a comment about the Celtic manager's job mm-hmm. uh, I think they should be trying to be a bit bold I think the the appointment of Neil Lennon is just like a safe pair of hands. Uh, be a bit more ambitious, be a bit more bold. Uh, i seen a link in the newspaper today about Andrew Sweelas Boas, uh, and apparently his odds have tumbled uh, with Ladbrokes and him becoming the next Celtic manager. I always, although he was, he had, he's had mixed success, his team's always played really good football, and I like to think what the panel thought of someone like him taking over at Celtic. Roger Hanna, if bookmakers' odds were your thing, then Roberto Martinez is very close to becoming the Celtic manager and Andre Villas-Boas is in with a good chance as well. Sometimes the reality is is a bit different. Yeah, and listen, these bookmakers' odds and managers, they swing back and forth if somebody puts 20 quid on a guy that they fancy to be the next manager of a club. So I never read too much into it. Roberto Martinez a while back raced in then he drifted away back out and he's raced in again Andre Villas-Boas as John says he was yesterday's hot ticket at the bookies if you like Um, I still think it's Neil Lennon's for the taking if Celtic get past Aberdeen and win the Scottish Cup final and if Celtic win the league by 10 points then it's going to be very difficult for Celtic not to give the job to Neil Lennon So, but nothing in this Villas-Boas business as far as you're concerned I don't think there's anything in it at the minute. Um, that's not to say that, you know, Celtic wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't have a list of sort of contingency contenders and candidates, if you like. What happens in the nightmare scenario for Celtic of losing 1-0 to Aberdeen at Hamden, then they, they, they sort of stumble and stutter. The, the previous John, I don't believe there's anything left in this title fight, but if Celtic suddenly stumble and stutter and maybe lose at Ibrox and only win the league by five or six points... And, and there's a groundswell of opinion against Neil 
So Celtic will be looking at potential other candidates, but if you look at the positive side of the coin from Celtic's point of view, they win the Scottish Cup, they win the league by 10 or 12 points, I think it's going to be difficult for them not to give it to Neil. John, is this because you felt Brendan Rodgers was the, the box office appointment, if you like, and, and you're looking for someone with a similarly big reputation? Aye, well, somebody who will excite the fans. I mean, I'm not saying Neil Lennon will do a good job. I think he will do a good job. But I, I don't really think it's progress. And I worry about, certainly, since he took over the style of football. And uh, I just like somebody that would be maybe bring better football. I, I'm not sure about his style of football. What did you think of his style the first time around, John? It, it was all right. I mean, it was, it was fine, but... It, it wasn't as good as Brendan Rodgers Because the argument style. The argument, the pro Neil Lennon argument If you like is The first time his style of football was fine Because it was his team And at the minute He's sort of caught between a rock and a hard place Because he's in and he's trying to get Brendan's team Over the finishing line if you like And he's not a chance to put his own stamp in the team This summer He might get <coughs> half a dozen out and half a dozen in And then you would see his style also, again next season Also Roger When he used to go to Celtic Park And Hibs came there the one thing, his style of football was very good. It was all, always a very entertaining game. Different made, challenge though, isn't yeah. it? Because you can then throw caution to the wind yeah. and really go at Celtic, he whereas he uh, may uh, just at be the weekend he's having to break teams yeah. down. He may just be like what Roger's saying there. He, he'd be looking at the end of the season, getting his own players in, getting his own formation. Just now, he doesn't want to tweak things too much. Just wants to keep everything ticking over. Hopefully for him Win the Scottish Cup And it puts him In a strong position Because I think the league is gone And, and the thing about people At VS Boas is Nobody's any idea How VS Boas would be In Scottish football You know VS Boas For all we know Could be You know the, the Portuguese version Of Ian Cathro When he comes into The Scottish game And just, just bomb completely um, Neil Lennon You know what you're going to get You know what you're going to get With Neil Lennon Because he's been here For 15 years 20 years As a player and a manager He's won titles He's won cups He's done well at Hibs He's come back And is, is, is going to guide Celtic Over the line to the title If you appoint Neil Lennon You are minimising the risk I would suggest Just a thought Do you remember The last time the three of us Stood in this studio And had a caller called John Phone in about Andre Villas Boas Not no. ringing any bells Oh, it was for Rangers, was it not? Remember his good lady in the background started screaming, get no him off way. the phone. Was that what the call was and about? Then, and then <laughs> the phone cut off, and I we were saying, pray for John. I remember. Oh. I didn't remember yeah. it was about AVB. It was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Fantastic. Anyway, I digress. Uh, this is your 15 minute warning because on tonight's Beat the Pundit, we're throwing in a bit of a, a special prize for you. Your chance to join us at Clyde One Super Scoreboards Pub Quiz on Friday, the 19th of April at the Drygate Brewing Company. It is sold out. It sold out in record time when they found out Gordon Dale was going to be there. So, for the only chat, the only way you can be there is by winning these tickets on tonight's Beat the Pundit. More calls coming next, though. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Gordon Dieller are here. Give us a call or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Bit of breaking news this afternoon, Roger Hanna, is that uh, Motherwell have banned a supporter responsible for throwing that lighter at James Tavernier on Sunday. They say that they have been able to identify one of the culprits after studying CCTV footage. They've issued an indefinite ban and they're continuing to investigate a second individual. Um, well done, I suppose, on the, on the quick response. This is now what we're looking for. We've clearly got... A number of these situations We're looking for clubs To respond appropriately Yeah And I think Motherwell have just become The latest 
Premiership club to respond appropriately to scenes and incidents that have shamed our game this season, Gordon. Um, Hearts yesterday issued a statement after the, the racist abuse that Marvin Bartley was exposed to the weekend. Hibbs responded very quickly. Leanne Dempster speaking to the media just minutes after James Tavernier was confronted by a, a supporter who came out one of the stands at Easter Road early in the season. Um, Celtic also and Rangers when there's been incidents this season have, have responded quickly um, so to me it sort of gives a lie a wee bit to all this chat about strict liability Oh, we, we need to make clubs do more no you don't need to make clubs do more clubs are working very hard to ensure a safe secure environment for supporters to enter their grounds to watch games of football um, what more could Motherwell have done at the weekend to stop a pie and a cigarette lighter being thrown at James Tavernier. Had strict liability been in place on Sunday, that's not going to stop a couple of people throwing a pie and a lighter at James Tavernier. Of course it isn't. What it might have done was, it might have cost Motherwell a hefty fine. It might have cost Motherwell points that could have, you know, if they'd been closer to the top six, it might have relegated them from the top six to the bottom six or pushed them closer to a relegation fight. So Alan Burrows... And the people who have worked hard in the last 48 hours at Motherwell deserve praise and they deserve the support of everyone in the Scottish football family for working so hard, as of the other clubs, to rid our game of the people who have cast a shadow over our game this season. Um, and Gordon, it seems that it's a positive, that cl- it's not a positive that it happens, but it's positive that clubs are trying to deal with it quickly because that... Is the only way that we're going to stop these knee-jerk, over-the-top reactions that you're seeing? You're seeing some really wild suggestions about what, you know, where the problems lie with, within Scottish football and what needs to be done about it. So it's important that we respond appropriately rather than anything over the top. Yeah, and it's it's very difficult for clubs, uh, Gordon, to try and address this. But like Roger said, there, I think that clubs are doing their best. They're coming out. They're facing up to it. There's no need. Uh, no room for these people in the game. Um, what's it going to take, you know, for a player to get serious injury uh, before we really, you know, have a look at what's going on? Um, but clubs are trying to do their best, and I'm delighted to hear what Motherwell have acted very quickly, and uh, hopefully we won't see this guy in a football ground again. And, and, and the thing is, it's real does. If, if you look back through the season, you know, we've had a bottle thrown at Scotland Clare. Yeah, we've had. Other coins thrown at Neil Lennon and Chris Boyd. We've had the official official uh, was struck at Livingston, Livingston. We had official that was struck at Livingston. There's been other things. Look at the Edinburgh Derby. I know that there's you know people have, have seen the humour in it, and sometimes you're better to laugh than to cry. Imagine someone had been struck by that coconut that was thrown on at the Edinburgh Derby at the weekend. I mean, we're now reaching the stage where it is almost laughable. It's so serious. So any club. Who can act with the swiftness and the decisiveness that Motherwell of today acted with? They, they deserve praise. Mm. They don't deserve any criticism from from MSPs or anyone in that sector. Thank you very much. Let's go back to the phones and see what's on your mind. John Paul is in Denison. What's your point tonight? Hi uh, guys, just uh, I think some people were uh, unfair on Neil Lennon. I think the way Neil Lennon came in and took the job, and I should be looking Neil Lennon's record when he was manager of um, Celtic. He actually got further in Europe than Brendan Rodgers. And I think he's probably learned more since he's actually left as well. Which I think, again, we might see more of next year. Once he's got his own team together and maybe his own play, uh, playing style. 
Point. Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from, John Paul. But the, you know, you sit at the Celtic games just now, and it is difficult for Neil Lennon because you know every team he picks, every formation he picks, it's always going to get compared to what Brendan Rodgers yeah. achieved and what he would have uh, picked there and what his system would have been and style of foot. The big one at Celtic Park just now is the style of football. Is the style actually any different? I mean, uh, because we had a lot. This conversation's been rumbling on for a couple of weeks. Lots of people. Tweeted in or called in last night to say Listen we had plenty of those days under Brendan Rodgers this season I think second half scoring For instance if it wasn't for Kelly And the goals Livingston and Saturday He was absolutely great You've got to say he kept Celtic out They had chance after chance in the first half And if they'd have went in one or two in a lap They would have been probably on to win the game very comfortably It seems for me just now Just watching it The second halves It goes flat for some reason, it goes very, very flat. Now, this is why I'm saying you get compared to Brendan Rodgers because the people round about you say, well, Brendan Rodgers would have made the substitution, the tactical awareness to go and combat the way Livingston played. But I I, I think that Rodgers right when he said that Neil Lennon's in pole position. Yes, the board have got to sit down at the end of the season. If he wins uh, the Scottish Cup as well, the league's in the bag for me. Then he's got to sit down there and say, right, OK, I'm going to bring in my own players and my own style of football. Then I think you could judge Neil Lennon next season. John Paul, you want to come back in? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, as I said, but it's just that I think a lot of people have been a bit unfair because even he came in, I think Celtic would have been really, really worried if nobody had just walked in when Ben Rogers walked out. The fact that Neil Lennon walked in, the fact that he's got the credentials, in my opinion... Um, and the fact he's a Celtic man, you look what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's done and doing in Manchester United. You know, he knows the club. Same as Neil Lennon. I think he's got to be given a choice, uh, the chance. John, John Paul may well be right, Roger. Yeah. I'm just wondering about the, the sort of process, the timing. I'm not sure Celtic could possibly sit and say, well, that's fine, well, because he, he, he will be good in Europe. You know, it's all going to be about what happens before that, surely. That will determine whether he gets the chance to dig into yeah, Europe or and, not. And I think. There are a lot of things can go in Neil's favour. Um, since he's come in, he's not had a fully fit Kieran Tierney. He's not had a fully fit Tom Rogic. He's not had a fully fit Olivier and Charm. Um, he's not been able to call upon Lee Griffiths at all. Um, the lad Bio was signed for two, two and a bit million pounds in, in January. Hasn't yet been seen at all. A couple of minutes, one game, I think, down at Kilmarnock. Um, you know, he'll surely be firing in all cylinders. And there are others who have just slight lesser issues with form and with fitness. You then throw in the fact that, without doubt, whoever's there in the summer will bring in four or five players. So if you're looking at it from Neil's point of view, you would think by the time you hit the ground running in Champions League qualifiers at the start of July, then the team will be fitter than it is at the minute. It will be in Neil Lennon's image, if you like, more than it is at the minute. And he will feel more comfortable in the role Having been, you would imagine Handed the role on a permanent basis So, you know, if, if you're looking at it from Neil's point of view You will think that by July You'll be in a better position to take Celtic forward Alright, thanks to John Paul in Denison 01419511025 That's the number you need right now for this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday 
Beat the Pundit time And it's an extra special Beat the Pundit tonight And for the rest of this week Not just because Roger minus one Hannah is back But because this is your chance to join us At Clyde One Super Scoreboards Pub Quiz It kicks off on Friday the 19th of April At Drygate Brewing Company Cracking venue You will really enjoy being down there with the guys A Q&A, a quiz Great prizes on the night It's sold out though so to be there All you have to do is get through in the phones To play Beat the Pundit You don't even need to get any questions right Just get through in the phones And you'll get the tickets 01419511025 Be quick You only have until the news at 7 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL's getting very excited because his beloved Man City are about to play in the Champions League against Tottenham tonight. But it got me thinking during the break with those two English teams about to clash. I want to know your favourite all British clash in Europe. Now, there have been a few. Celtic Rangers have been involved in some memorable ones. Does Aberdeen and Burnley qualify? I guess it would. So tell us your favourite all British clash in Europe and tell us why. We'll get to that after we do this. Beat the pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Beat the pundit time Roger minus one Hannah is back Gordon <laughs> Diel is here One of them Is taking on Louis Who's a Motherwell fan From Carluke How are you Louis? I'm fine how are you? Not too bad at all Thank you And Louis just for getting through The pressure's off You don't even need to get any right You've won yourself Tickets to be At our Clyde One Super Scoreboards Pub quiz On Friday the 19th of April At the Drygate Brewing Company You happy with that? I'm brilliant with that Cheers Good stuff You ever been down there before? No, no. Yeah, it's a good venue, Gordon Deal. We hunted yeah. high and low for There's a suitable for space. Uh, Curlick, oh, I can pick me up. Maybe, yeah, you give Gordon a lift, you'll be fine. Uh, listen, Louis is going along. Uh, if you want to be involved, you're going to have to try and play beat the pundit this week because it is sold out. We've got uh, prizes on the night, cash prizes, even the chance to sit in in the show in the studio. I mean, money can't buy, Roger. I mean, look around you. What an experience that would Absolutely be. Honestly, fantastic. Get to meet Gordon Dale. Yeah, Q and A with the guys as well. The likes of Gordon, Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson. No, uh, it's a, a Q O S with Mark Wilson. It's a Q and A with the guys. And rest. of course, will Roger Hanna be part of your quiz team on the night? That will be the question. <laughs> He's got to be. So, uh, anyway, if you want more information, go to at Clyde SSB on Twitter and check out our pinned tweet. Louis is coming along, but you're also about to play beat the pundit, Louis. So I'm going to toss the coin heads. You are up against Roger Hanna, and tails. You are up against Gordon DL. Now, listen, you might be able to take advantage of Roger Hanna. He's not been here in the last couple of weeks. Um, we'll see how you get on heads. It's Roger tails. It's Gordon, and it is heads. Roger minus oh, one. Hanna's back with a bang. Good luck, Louis. You ready, Louis? Yep. Good stuff. I'll give Roger some Clyde too, and that way he doesn't know what you're saying. You've got 30 seconds head to head. You can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Ready? Yep. yep. Good man. Let's do it then. Which St. Johnson strikers turned down a contract offer from the club? Tony Watt. Who's the manager of Preston? Uh, Alex Neil. What was the final score of Scotland's women against Brazil last night? 1 0. How many spells at Dundee United did Walter Smith have? Two. Who did Air United face tonight? Pass. Which Italian team did Rangers lose to in the 1961 European Cup Winners' Cup final? Pass. Billy Bowie is the main shareholder of which Scottish club? Mm, pass. Right, okay, let's bring Roger Hanna back. Roger, are you with us? Yes. Right, you start on minus one, remember. Mm. Don't think because Still. you've been away that I'm taking that off Come you. On, Absolutely man. no chance. You ready? Yeah, go for it. 
Which St Johnson strikers turned down a contract offer from the club? Tony Watt. Who is the manager of Preston? Alec Neil. What was the final score of Scotland's women against Brazil? One nil to Scotland. How many spells at Dundee United has Walter Smith had? Two. Who did Air United face tonight? Queen of the South. Which Italian team did Rangers lose to in the 1961 European Cup Winners' Cup final? Fiorentina. Billy Bowie is the main shareholder of Phil which Marmot. Scottish club? And in what year did Celtic Park host the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games? Uh, 2014. What do you think, Louis? Nah, I think he's beat me. Do you know what? I thought Louis was brilliant. I really thought he was flying through them, but Roger Hanna is just a different different beast, honestly. Uh, you start on minus one. Which St. Johnson players turned down a contract offer from the club? You both got it right. Um, so Louis is up by one. He stays up by one because you both got Alex Neil. He stays up by one because you both got that it was 1-0, Scotland against Brazil women. Still the same score because you both knew that Walter Smith had two spells at Dundee United. Roger Hanna eventually pulled level on question five. It was looking ropey from for a bit. Air United face Queen of the South tonight. He then goes in front. Which Italian team did Rangers lose to in the 61 European Cup Winners' Cup final? It was Fiorentina. And then, Louis, I'm afraid it was one-way traffic. Billy Bowie is at Kilmarnock. And 2014 was when Celtic Park hosted the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games. So that was, if I can even, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. So it's really a seven for Roger Hanna and a four for you, Louis. Listen, on another night, a four does it. But not quite good enough tonight Hard lines Louis Yeah Cheers for having me on Not a problem We'll see you soon We'll see you on Friday the 19th of April For our Clyde One Super Scoreboard Pub Quiz Louis won the tickets By coming on to the show tonight Your chance to do that For the rest of the week as well He was flying He was flying You need him In your quiz team that night Certainly Can you imagine Turning up there And it's The Mushroom You Me And you well, I'll be hosting did, the quiz, so I won't be in the team. Oh no, you're not in the team, I. Did, did, did we're, you, we're last. I've got did a, you ever see the pub quiz in Phoenix Nights? Because this no. would be what you, the mushroom, and you we, were like, we the, need you the, along. The question was, name the Magnificent Seven, and they started answering sneezy, dopey, <laughs> bashful, doc. I genuinely, and I, I don't mean to be too cruel here. So sorry if, mm. if I offend you. I think a team of you, Hugh and Mark. Would possibly finish last Out of this entire event I, I think you're <laughs> possibly right I like the way you started up I said I don't mean to offend you But It's just, it's just, uh-huh. it's just the truth Anyway Friday the 19th of April That's the night The Dry Gate Brewing Company This is the venue Clyde One Super Scoreboards Pub Quiz We'd love to see you all along there So uh, get involved on Beat the Pundit For the rest of the week That's the only way You can win tickets Because it did sell out Very quickly indeed Thank you to Louis It's 0141-951-1025 On the phones Now I asked you Because we've got some Big Champions League action Tonight We've got Spurs Man City I'm asking for your favourite All British clash In Europe And tell us why Add a bit of detail Roger What would we be looking for What um, would be yours There are so many Over the years Your mind gets back to Rangers Against Leeds United In 92 Your mind gets back to You know the, Hearing the stories of Celtic Leeds in 1970 From a personal point of view The one I remember Is actually Celtic Versus Blackburn Because there were just So many different Layers to it Graham soon has brought Blackburn Rovers to Glasgow On the train And they strolled Through Central Station As if They owned Central Station And they went to a press conference This is before the first leg And <laughs> Dear Hugh Keevans Was there with me At the press conference And he asked a question That, that Graham soon Wasn't particularly happy about I can't remember what the question was Shock And the Blackburn PR man Tried to sort of Jut into this 
And Graham Souness swatted the PR man away and said Hugh and I go back many, many years He's almost had an inferiority complex Because I was born in Edinburgh And he comes from this little <laughs> city in Glasgow And I and just said Let the blue touch paper for the whole thing Celtic won the first leg Against a team that had Damien Duff, Dwight York, Andy Cole Had them all And in the mix zone Which is where the media speak to the players after the game Blackburn player by the name of Gary Flickcroft Came down the stairs And said Ah you know it was men versus boys We'll sort them out in the second leg Now in all the intervening years I've never really believed that That quote was original thought by Gary Flickcroft I'm convinced Graham Souness told the Blackburn Rovers players that In the dressing room And Gary Flickcroft merely repeated it in the mix zone And that was all Celtic needed Celtic went to Ewood Park in the second leg Chris Sutton scored against his old team Henrik Larson scored And Celtic took a giant stride towards Seville So I know they went to Anfield and won Thompson and Hartson But for me the, the one I will always remember For all the other probably n- mm. non-footballing reasons Was Celtic against Blackburn There have been loads over the years Gordon mm. any that stand out Oh my mother will once uh, As a young lad used to get a wee lifty over Into the games And I remember uh, Tottenham Hotspur coming to Fir Park And the great Martin Chivers Remember Martin mm-hmm. Chivers? Yeah Just to just to stand there on the terrace And watch these players That you, you, you looked at on TV mm-hmm. And everything Gordon So I like to sort of a Texaco Cup Anglo-Scottish Cup as well A lot of big English teams Well a lot of big superstars Came to Fir Park Sean is right on the money with you Roger He says the best for me was Celtic Blackburn For obvious reasons of an ex-Rangers man And then he's put quote Men against boys So he's exactly what you said uh, what else have we got Raffle says Celtic Leeds 1970 No other answer is correct He says It's just an opinion we're looking for <laughs> That was, um, that was the game Johnston, Where, where um, Leeds United Were delighted To land 4,000 tickets For the game The game was at Hamden Wasn't it Celtic Park and That was the night Jimmy Johnston yeah, was it? Absolutely I think Billy Bremner Scored for Leeds Leeds got 4,000 fans And the 4,000 turned up And realised that They were in among 132,000 Celtic fans <laughs> Yeah Laffles is on to say The original Battle of Britain 136,505 yeah. To be precise Still a UEFA uh, Attendance record A lot of and, people and, and it's funny as well Because Rangers fans will say Arguably their greatest Was also against Leeds, Leeds United Home and away Beating the English champions English champions Who had beaten the German champions To get through To take on Rangers they were absolutely full of it Howard Wilkinson and co And they lost home and away to Rangers And Scott McFarlane says Aberdeen With Fergie against Liverpool When they were the Kings in England Circa 1980 yeah, Scott says that, that, that didn't end quite as well for Aberdeen I think they lost 4-0 at Anfield Willie Miller own goal uh, Lots of involving Man United um, Because Rangers and Celtic have both played them in recent times So come on then Just a bit of, bit of a, a subplot for us tonight Since we've got Spurs Man City in the Champions League I'm asking for your favourite all-British clash in Europe Thomas is on the line You got anything for us, Thomas? Hello Hi, Thomas Hi, I'm all my, my favourite um, But uh, can I just make a quick point? I know he's like a little bit Scott Brown um, I'm just, I'm just amazed at these Rangers fans that can be so upset. I mean, these are the same fans that sing about the dead guy's sister and bombard them on social media uh, on the same subject. So, no, listen, I, mean, I don't know. We don't, we don't know specifically who it is that, that sings that and who. It, so let's. I think we are Rangers ready. Fans that sing it. Yeah, well, not not every one of them is my point, though, Thomas. Clearly. Well, well, a fair amount of them that can be heard. Right. Okay. You got a point yeah. about your favourite. England v Scotland or uh, all British clash? Well, I love I love the the, the 
sorting out soonest when he said men against boys, but it's, it's got to be uh, Anfield, John Hartson scoring that screamer. Um, Alan Thompson getting the first free kick, put it under the wall. They've all jumped. You remember that one, Roger? Yeah, I do. I, I think Liverpool had actually taken the lead in the first game at Celtic Park. Emil Heskey scored, I think. Um, I think yeah. Larson equalised for Celtic 1 1, went down there and again. English football in general has this great historic superiority complex over Scottish football. And every time there is one of these battles of Britain, everyone in England thinks they'll just easily roll over the Scottish team. And that's what Blackburn thought. And even despite the fact Celtic had beaten Blackburn that year in 2002-3 season, you know, Liverpool thought the same. Um, they were emboldened by that draw in the first leg at Celtic Park. And they just thought they were going to turn up and beat Celtic. Um, Alan Thompson, I think he put it under the wall, didn't he? The first goal down there. And then John Hartson scored probably the best goal John Hartson has ever scored of, of 110 or whatever it was he scored for Celtic um, down there to, you know, to seal the win. Memorable for me though You know There's a lot of the corners I've said the, the better one was Blackburn I like it when we do this Take a trip down memory lane See what stories we can attach To the different games Derek is on uh, With what about Ipswich Aberdeen In the 80s This is when I just looked to you guys Because I certainly Obviously wasn't even around the, the, To remember There were some it. great There were some really odd wins as well Celtic against Nottingham Forest Around that time Dundee United played Manchester United as well Around that time There were a lot of, of games like that and they were, you know, really, really fascinating encounters because you usually found that the English teams were full of Scots when they came up. That Ipswich team that played Aberdeen, I think they had George Burley, John Wark, Alan Brazil, all playing in the side, the Forest side they came up and took on Celtic, full of Scots as well. So they were always good encounters. Yeah, Derek says he had he's got English family and he had no choice. He was probably the only Ipswich fan, not only in Law Village but in Scotland <laughs> as a whole. Someone, is someone on the show not? Claim to be an Ipswich fan When they were young Who is it? No I'm not Ipswich talking rubbish is it, is it Alex Ray? It could But I, I, Alex Ipswich Ray claims to have been An Ipswich fan When he was young Big, Ips, big Ipswich fan There we go They had a terrific team yeah, At one point Under Bobby Robson yeah. Oh what a team yeah. uh, I must say um, Was it Alex An Ipswich fan? I didn't know that Yeah I'm sure he is He can, he can... Well he shouts about Millwall Sunderland Wolves. Wolves Yeah he's got a lot of teams oh, He does yeah. to be fair um, I mean now we're going back We need Hugh Keevans for this Fenix says Morton Chelsea 3-4 Intercity's Fair Cup September 68 oh, No Before my day I'm afraid Hugh Keevans give us a phone Let us know what it was like Ricky's in Cardonald Hi Ricky How you doing lads You alright Yeah not bad Ricky Alright My favourite game Was the Celtic Man United game Celtic Park uh, Nakamura scored A fantastic free kick In the top corner Unfortunately, I missed that. I was too busy in the toilet at the time. No <laughs> chance. <laughs> uh, it's heartbreaking every time I see it in the telly. I, mean, I always remember I was uh, in the toilet watching my hands. Ricky, come on! <laughs> that, to be, if you're going, to, of all the goals you could have missed, that was that was top draw, wasn't it, Gordon? Yeah, but you've got <laughs> you've got to see Ricky actually admitting that I would have said I oh, was there, I, it was I was oh, what a goal it was yeah it was some free kick I've got to say it was absolutely fantastic I bet you've never lived that down Ricky nah not at all not at all um, I've made a habit of doing it I missed uh, a number of different goals <laughs> right any more that you care to share with us Barry Robson AC Milan Ryan Giggs free kick Valencia Old Trafford um, I, I miss a lot of goals for some reason I was in the toilet it was all toilet things. issues what was that? Was it all toilet issues? You missed the, game, the goals? Well, I, 
radio. <laughs> <laughs> that was a classic couple of games with Man United. In fact, then, like I say, Rangers played them not too far apart from that as well. Roger, they were they were some fantastic nights. Yeah, and there's something special about battles of Britain that I can't lie. You know, you remember even in more recent times, you know, Celtic against Arsenal and that Champions League qualifier as well. It just adds a little bit of spice, and I think. Possibly because of that superiority complex we spoke about, the English clubs tend to have, and, and the fact that you know the Scottish teams always just want to get down and prove a point against them. Whether it be you know Aberdeen and Fergie's day, whether it be the Rangers team under Walter Smith that, that beat Leeds United, whether it be the Celtic teams that have enjoyed success in, in recent times, you know under Gordon Strachan and the like. There's just always something. A little mm. bit extra special about I would beat an English club side in Europe. What are your memories of that Rangers Leeds one? Because that keeps popping up on Twitter as well. Well, it, it, it was, was a strange McCoy's and Hatley. Yeah, it was a strange time yeah. because the two clubs agreed before they met that there would be a no away it's fans sure, right. at either game. So the first game was at Ibrox. Mm. I think Gary McAllister scored for Leeds after about fifty-five seconds, yeah. and from you know a cacophony of noise. You could suddenly have heard a pin drop in the place And I think it's the Rangers eternal credit They managed to rouse themselves again um, Was there not an own goal by John Lukic The Leeds goalkeeper in among there mm-hmm. McCoist get one And and even at 2-1 ahead Rangers were still the underdogs Because they were going away to Ellen Road If you think of that Leeds United team Gary McAllister Gordon Strachan Gary Speed David Batty Eric Cantona was a centre forward <laughs> for Leeds United in that team so Rangers were still underdogs Mark Hatley I mean we spoke about John Harton's greatest ever Celtic goal The one at Ellen Road Was Mark Hatley's greatest ever Rangers goal A sensational goal At the start of the game He then puts in a cross That McCoy's heads in Rangers were 4-1 up On mm-hmm. aggregate at that stage At the home of the English champions Before Canton I got a consolation Near the end So one of the One of Rangers Greatest ever European wins I think Gordon the unthinkable's happened what? Roger Hanna has got something wrong Oh no, which part? no, no, no I'll bet you it's something to do with one of these games Has he got the wrong goal? Oh, have I? Oh Go for it Larson put Celtic in front against Liverpool Oh, first. did Heskey then equalise? He did, so there we go In the second minute John says it was through a very, du- very early goal Through Dudek's legs in the second ah, minute I've been the wrong way around Heskey equalised There we go It's a couple of weeks he's had off Bit of rust But he's we can forgive that I was, thing, I was yeah. actually there Covering the game So there's no excuse For mm. not getting it right Yeah David Galloway is on He talks about that Leeds Rangers one 1992 My father lived in England At the time he taped the game Remember he used to tape it He then sent the recording So I could listen to The English commentary On said game There we go <laughs> Magnificent Keep them coming in I love that We're just talking about Man City and Spurs Playing in the Champions League Tonight So we're asking for Your favourite All British clash in Europe Tell us a little bit about it Maybe there's a story attached That you want to share We would love to have it and we've got a full-time teaser coming next as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've been reflecting on all the big stories of the day and I'm also asking you for a trip down memory lane if you want to come with us we're looking at your favourite all British clashes in Europe this is in light of the fact that Spurs play Man City tonight we're not involved so we can just look on and try and make it relevant to us with our game up here there's some great memories coming in on Twitter and on the phones I'll get back to them after I set up this teaser so Stephen Bogue sent it in tonight fulltime at Clyde1.com that's where he sent the question Since the start of the MLS in 1996 
13 Scots have scored For a top flight Scottish club And scored in the MLS Can you name them? So since the start of the MLS in 1996 13 Scottish players have scored For a top flight Scottish club And they've scored in the MLS Chris Boyd Yes Kenny Miller Yes One that was mentioned in the show earlier on actually I think it was by the last caller Ricky Barry Robson Yes Vancouver in 2012 Gordon sorry what year did you say sorry Since 96 96 Yep I would rule out John Spencer then He's not No I wouldn't Would it? I think you're right Daz John Spencer? Yes and I always like it when you talk yourself out of, an, of uh, a correct answer I just sit Morris silently Morris Johnson? Yes, alright, we'll leave it there Because you're, you're making a good dent in it Chris Boyd, Mo Johnson, Kenny Miller, Barry Robson, John Spencer uh, You can help us out We're looking for the rest of the 13 uh, Every time I see that Chris Boyd playing for Portland It just reminds me What was the advert he did over there, Roger? Was it for oh, mattresses yeah, or something? Oh yeah, it was for Big Fred's mattresses or something oh, my I'm goodness. not sure if it was Big Fred But it was for a mattress company You ever seen this, Gordon? No, you know, I haven't You've never oh, seen it? You're, you're, I'll you're, show you when the show finishes It is spectacular you're, you're not tired of seeing this Is that right? Oh, you know, no, absolutely spectacular the accent the, Oh it's, it's oh, magnificent I'm forward to Oh that. it's so good <laughs> Right you can play along with us At Clyde SSB And if you want to send a question in You need to send it to Fulltime At Clyde1.com Jamie's in Perth Hi Jamie How you doing pal? Not bad Jamie Hi Jamie Hi uh, this, I'm, I'm hoping maybe Is it Roger that's there tonight yeah? Yep Hi Jamie I'm hoping he, he can maybe help me with this Because he's got the oracle of knowledge in this But oh. if you get your nifty fingers on that smartphone uh, Gordon, you can help us too okay, I remember the game I remember the game back in Was it 97, 98 Celtic versus Liverpool at Celtic Park Yeah, the 2-2 two, two game The one where uh, McManaman yes. scored that Absolute yes. screamer yep. I, I remember being at that game With my big Rangers supporting pal uh, And we, we decided just to leave right at the last minute Because we thought, oh, okay, it's 2-1 and he went, hang on a second, hang on a second, McManaman's got the ball. And I was like, at the end, it just the head and hands. But the curious thing about that game, and this is what, what I'm wondering if you can help me, on the other side of the draw, Rangers were in the, uh, I think the UEFA Cup at the time as well. And they lost in that round as well. Now, I'm pretty sure that the, the two teams that beat Celtic and Rangers met in the next round. Now, if Celtic and Rangers had gone through, would UEFA have separated them? Or would have been... The, would that have been the first ever Old Firm European tie? Rangers played Strasbourg, Roger, I think. If my and by the way, <laughs> I don't mind holding my hands up and admitting that I looked that up. There's no chance that I knew that off the well, top of my head. The Strasbourg team that beat Rangers, I think, had it was either David Zatelli or Christoph Kokard in it, who later came and played in Scotland, is that right? Have you got the Strasbourg team? I've got there? the team I can't see No. I can't see them. I must admit, unless it's just unless it was the other leg, um, but yeah, on the same night that Rangers, uh, in the same night, sorry, that Celtic I, and Liverpool I, drew, Strasbourg beat Rangers two one in France. George Albert scored a penalty for Rangers, uh, but it wasn't enough on the night. I think it was so. I think Jamie, it was early enough in the competition that the border rule would still have applied, and they wouldn't have been able to play each other. I think it's only quarter final onwards. You're allowed to play teams from the same country. So had had it been a quarter well, final tie, yeah, they, they could have gone on and played. But uh, I think it was an earlier round actually. Uh, that's a pesky way for you. So <laughs> okay, but thanks anyway, guys. I, rem- I remember the night because uh, what I do remember is uh, do you remember the temporary stand? I can't, was it is it the Lisbon Lions or the Joke Steen stand? It's the one the the left of the main stand yeah. anyway. 
and I remember it absolutely like, the the noise and the, the like everybody stamping their feet. I thought it was going to fall down, to be honest. But uh, what a night it was! Uh, I think was it we said and Jackie Martin Amara scored as we took poke in the top corner, and we were right behind it, and it was awesome. And like I said, I took my big uh, Rangers mate uh, supporting pal, and he could he stood it like a like a sore thumb because when everybody went up, he just sat down and just didn't say nothing. But what a belter of a night it was! But, but thanks for taking the call, no, in, I love guys. That. Well done, Jamie. I mean, as if you two haven't got enough to handle on the the teaser. Jamie mm. goes and throws a curveball at you like that. But I liked that. That was another good trip down memory lane. Loads coming in on Twitter. We're a bit more recently cloggy. Celtic Man City three three. What a game! Real football, he says. No yellows and only a handful of fouls. Um, I think was it not? It was too all within about I don't know, yeah twenty five. Mm. 30 minutes Roger That was an absolute classic The ones that get most of the attention Are ones where You know You've, you've maybe won the game Or a, you know, a significant result Which sees you go through You progress But in terms of just A, a football spectacle For a neutral that, that, was a, that was a brilliant game Wasn't it? Yeah you turn up at a game And you see The top side In, in, in Britain Man City um, And the superstars That they've got And you get entertained With six goals as well Gordon so uh, I think everyone that went along to that game was, was delighted with uh, what they, they witnessed and uh, it was a fantastic game, you've got to say. And Celtic played very, very well on the night. 0141 That is the number you need. We mentioned it on Beat the Pundit, Roger. I want to mention it again. What about the Scotland's women's national team? A victory over Brazil last night. We don't get to brag about that too often. Yeah, absolutely terrific. And it, it, what it's done, I mean, Brazil, I think, ranked 10th in the world. Scotland ranked 20th in the world. So so the win itself is commendable, particularly with a, a couple of Shelley Care's first choice players not there in Spain for this training camp. What it does, though, is it sends morale and confidence through the roof. There only is one more preparatory match before the World Cup games. I think they play Jamaica at Hamden at the end of May, ahead of the three games in the finals in France in the summer against England, Argentina and Japan. So confidence cannot ever have been higher. Um, they should perhaps have beaten Chile in the first of these friendly games in Spain. They have now beaten Brazil and it gives them a real sense of belief going into their first ever World Cup. Cracking result, Gordon. Oh, you've got to say. Um, you know, when you beat um, a country like Brazil, um, everybody... Sits up and takes notice, Gordon And Roger's right It'll give the girls so much confidence um, You know, the build-up to the World Cup And uh, I think I think they'll, get a, they'll have a good tournament Because uh, they are playing very well And they are confident Is it the girl Little that scored the... It was Kim Little, yeah Kim Little um, So well done to Scotland And well done to everyone concerned 01419511025 is the number you need Let me just remind you of the question Because a few people are sending some answers in that, that don't quite fit We're looking for 13 Scottish players Since the MLS started in 1996 Who have scored for both a top flight Scottish club And scored in the MLS This is according to Stephen Bogue There are others that have played of course But maybe they haven't scored or whatever He, Chris Boyd, Mo Johnson, Kenny Miller, Barry Robson John Spencer so far I'll take one more guess Johnny each. Russell Yep Dundee United I got one Yep Sean Maloney Yes Alright we'll leave it there You're making good progress One, two, three, four, five, six. You've got seven of the 13 uh, You're doing very well 
Indeed, Roger Hanna has shown me something. What is it? We're, what we're we looking at? Well, we're looking back. The last corner, Jamie's got me going here. That this Rangers Strasbourg game, <laughs> David Zetelli scored at Ibrox. There we go. I knew I wasn't losing my marbles, but he must have missed the next leg because that's the one I just looked up. <laughs> so there you go. No, he missed the first one. Played I the second the first one. There we go. Ah, listen, I should know never to doubt you. Anyway, uh, right. There was something else I wanted to talk about. Where is my magic list? There we are. At Andy Webster has been speaking today, Roger. Um, that in itself is one thing, but he's been talking about Craig Levine because we've been getting a bit of attention uh, from Craig Levine on, on social media, uh, on the phones. A bit of frustration, I think, creeping in. The former Hearts defender, Andy Webster, wants fans to take into account the injury list before criticising Craig Levine. Um, there was jeering when the, the, the loss to Hibs on Saturday, of course, but Webster thinks that'll only drive them on. I think you probably look at it from a different perspective and it's motivation for the management team, the squad, the players. You know, they've obviously had a couple of difficult matches and a couple of difficult results as well, but these things are always there to test you and for, for Hearts, the challenge will be to make sure they can get to a Scottish Cup final come Saturday. What have you made of the criticism towards them? I've not really seen overly much of it. I don't really pay overly much attention to either because that's part and parcel of either one being a football player or two, being, being a manager, um, you're always under scrutiny. When you play Rangers or you're playing Hibs, that comes with the territory and the, and the manager's big enough to handle that. You come to expect that as well. If, you've, if you're losing to your local rivals and it doesn't happen very often, then when it does, it's it's a bit of built as well. Hart suffered some major injuries to quality players. Christoph, Stephen Naismith, you know, these boys have a massive influence on the pitch. If you want to sustain anything, you need to have your best players on the pitch consistently. And that's the same. As I say, it doesn't matter which level you're playing at. So that probably had a major factor on probably mid-season. And it's hard, once you lose that momentum in football, it's hard to, to get it back. With all that's been going on at Hearts, how important is this weekend? I mean, when you go into a game and you're such overwhelming favourites, if you if Craig Levine was to lose a game like that, I think the criticism would go through the roof, wouldn't it? Yeah, listen, they've, they've had a bad week. They were hammered at Ibrox on Wednesday night. Um, I actually thought they played really well for 25 minutes in the derby at the weekend And then as soon as they scored, they absolutely collapsed And Hibs won there for the first time in six years To go above them in the league And sort of embarrass Craig Levine a wee bit with that natural order jibe That's now going to haunt them any time Hibs go above them in the league um, I think the criticism, and listen, Hearts fans see Hearts every week They'll see them a lot more than me I think Craig Levine's done an awful lot for Hearts second time round Along with Ann Budge, he has steadied the ship at a time when hearts are still sort of getting back together. They've got money in from the foundation of hearts. Um, together they've kept the team going. They've brought young players through. They've done it all against a backdrop of rebuilding the stadium. They were at Murrayfield for a while. Um, yes, they made a mistake with Ian Cathro, who we mentioned earlier on the show. But Ed Craig Levine had to come back down the stairs and take the team. But I, I think the team... You know, it, it's as in as good a position as you could expect Hearts to be at this moment in time, I have to say. They have had injuries, they've had selection problems, they've never been able to put together a string of four or five games with the same team. But I still think the criticism of Craig Levine is a wee bit over the top. It won't be easy on Saturday. I hope they don't underestimate Cali Thistle because I've seen Cali Thistle a couple of times recently and they're dangerous. Aaron Doran's a good player Tom Walsh is a good player Jordan White is a big physical threat They can get goals from set pieces With the delivery of Joe Chalmers They're not a bad team at all Gordon And if Hearts aren't at it on Saturday They could be under threat from Cali Thistle But 
If Hearts are at it If Hearts get the win If Hearts get to a cup final Against Celtic or Aberdeen I think it's time to, to Call the Wolves off Craig Levine for a while Yeah but uh, I, I, I think there's a section Of the Hearts fans Not having Craig Levine I know what Roger was saying there about injuries Yes he had a lot of bad bad injuries to important players He signed a lot of players There's been a big turnover at Tynecastle um, He's been backed by the board I think that would uh, be unthinkable to lose to Inverness Because I think he would uh, I think he'd come under severe pressure I don't think the Hearts fans would accept that Roger But if, if you start the season at Hearts and you tell Hearts fans At the end of the season You're going to be in the top six And you're going to be in the Scottish Cup final I'm not sure what more At this period in Hearts history Hearts fans can expect They're not ninth or 10th They're not getting You know They're not cast adrift In the bottom six They're not anywhere near A, rele- a relegation scrap They are where For me Where they should just about be At the minute Yeah I, I agree with what you're saying there But what I'm saying is If you say to Hearts fans You're going to finish six. And you're going to lose a semi-final Scottish Cup to Inverness yeah, at Hamden. And that's why Saturday's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, 100%. I, think, I think it's a massive game, a, a game for 100%. Craig Levine. But if they get past Inverness, they should have Stephen Naismith back for a Cup final. The, you know, the injuries that they've got. Bear has been back for a few weeks now. Suter's been back. They get Michael Smith back there for the derby at the weekend. You know, the, the injury... You know, I'm not, not like using the word excuse, but, you know, the injuries... Should all have dried up And Craig Levine Should be able to select His best team For a cup final Okay 0141 We are going to speak to Ross In Greenock soon Just hang fire Ross Because I want to try and See how you're doing In fact I've got a nice Surprise for you Gordon Because you hadn't heard it I mentioned Chris Boyd This mattress advert Or commercial As they would call it In the States Yeah Would you want me to play it for you? Yes please on the soccer field, I'm lucky enough to get the occasional thing for free, like a free kick, for example. When it comes to scoring quality mattresses for as close as free as I'm going to get, I want partly mattresses on my team, locally made mattresses with great prices all the time, right here in Portland, which means I don't have to miss wife looking for a good night's sleep. Plus, I get what I'm looking for, for unbeatable price. It's like having my cake and eating it too, except I'm actually more of a protein shake guy. <laughs> I cannot wait to speak to him. I, don't, I can't believe you've never heard that before. I've never, I've not heard that. No. It's even better. It's even week. better than I remember, Roger. <laughs> I must admit, it really is. He's got a his accent was brilliant. That's absolutely. Terrific. Do you not think so? He's one of the answers on the teaser. We're looking for thirteen. I think there might be a new sneaky one that we've missed off the list. Stephen Bogue, who sent it in uh, since the start of the MLS in '96. We're looking for the Scottish players that have scored for both a top-flight Scottish club and scored in the MLS. You've got that man, Chris Boyd, Mo Johnson, Sean Maloney, Kenny Miller, Barry Robson, Johnny Russell, John Spencer. Surely Richard Goff. Surely, yes. What about Danny Wilson? Is he sc- No, he's not he's scored over there. Over his own. Okay, here's one for you, because I, I actually watched him scoring in America. You did? Paul, Paul Douglas. What an outstanding shout that is I thought that was going to be one of the hard ones You watched Paul Dalglish score yeah, in America Yeah, when I was in Houston, yeah On holiday? Was it a football I, trip? I or? was over doing yeah, a, a coaching camp And I went to Houston Dynamo game And go. Paul Dalglish played that day Well, what, what about Boydie's pal in Portland? Stevie Smith? No Alright, so you've got one, two, three, four Maybe five to go We'll get them next 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I'll check in on the teaser in a second, but Ross has been hanging on for quite a while. Ross and Greenock, what's on your mind tonight, Ross? All right, guys. Hello, how are you doing, Ross? Uh, what I'm thinking is, see, the way that all the Celtic fans are rapping, Neil Lennon, it's, it's totally not fair. I mean, what I'm thinking is, is took Brendan Rodgers' team, came in with two wins, uh, two hard ones, uh, and then oh, the, the first time he gets a draw, oh, he's off the swag. Like, see, next weekend, it's Aberdeen in the cup, so he's got a draw at Livingston, he's, sorry, Livingston, he's resting the players, he's trying to get a game plan going, it doesn't, see this result this week, Livingston, it doesn't matter, he's trying to think about next week, isn't he? No, I think you're, I, I think you're wrong, Ross, I, I think it does matter, I think it matters to Celtic support, I think it matters to Neil Lennon, because he's a winner, you were saying there that he was resting some of his, I looked at the lineup on Saturday and I thought it was a very strong attacking lineup. You know, you had uh, Tom Rogic in there again. Uh, Christie was there. Uh, Edward was up front. Forrest was there. Uh, so he had a very attacking lineup, and uh, I'm sure that he'd have been disappointed with the result. Um, if he beats Aberdeen, and gets to the cup final, I fully expect Celtic to win the Scottish Cup. I, I have always said whoever wins between Aberdeen and Celtic, I think will be good enough. To beat Hearts or Inverness um, So I think Aberdeen game is a big game for him And then it's up to the board to sit down and say Right, is he the right man to take This club forward into the next Season, back him the transfer Market because he's got a big job There, there's a lot of rebuilding To be uh, done at Celtic Football Club, there pl- a lot of players Will go and he'll need to recruit And he'll need to do it very very well how, So, How many players do you think Celtic need in the summer? Well, how many? You're going to lose your two centre-backs mm-hmm. right away, Roger, so that's a that's a big problem. Lustig, probably, is he, will he be leaving at the end of the season? So you're looking already at the back four. Uh, obviously, young Tierney will be there. He's a stick-on. But you're looking at bringing in some quality in the, the, the back anyway. Um, I think you'll probably add to the, the, the striker it, situation. It, it, you said that with some confidence there. I'll draw you a scenario What happens We're looking at a television here In the studio of, of Pep Guardiola What happens if Pep Guardiola Signs Ben Chilwell from Leicester Next season for Manchester City Where, where does Brendan Rodgers go Looking for a left Oh, I don't, I don't think there'll be any doubt um, I just don't I don't see Tierney leaving Celtic Just now for some reason I think he would love to be One of these guys That try to achieve this 10 in a row He's still got plenty of time and there'll always be clubs wanting to get his signature. So, do Celtic need a striker? Depending on what happens, I think with Griffiths coming back in, they left themselves short. But Weir's going to go back, isn't he? His, yeah. isn't his. You would think Weir would go back. You would think Burke would go back. I mentioned him a couple of times tonight. Bale, where's Bale? he? I don't know. I, I really, I've, I actually forgot all about him at the weekend. I mean, as soon as he was signed, it was described as being a bit more of a long-term mm. project. You always hear these types of buzzwords thrown around. How two, long-term? Two pound, I don't know. Two million pounds a lot for a project. For mm-hmm. a Scottish club Even for Celtic Two million pounds a lot For a project I think But, but you're, you're right I mean that, Talk about the, the centre half thing I've been hugely impressed In the last six weeks By Christopher Adger And you just wonder If there's a coming of age There in Christopher mm-hmm. Adger Whether he could be One of the centre halves 
And you get a more experienced figure to go in and play alongside him I think he has been excellent I saw him actually playing for Norway against Spain as well In a qualifier And I thought he was very, very good Away in a, in a daunting environment in Valencia I think he could be a real asset for Neil Lennon Or whoever is in charge of Celtic next season But I think you're right I think Lustig will go too So you could be looking at a centre-half a right you need back, a you need a right back. Maybe another forward. Do, do you need another winger? Well, I, I think because of the amount of games, Roger. At one point, Celtic had three quality strikers, and then all of a sudden, you're looking around and they've got one, and they're really struggling uh, in that position. So I think that for next season, a team like Celtic with the games they play and the amount of games they play, they need a good squad. Ross, you want to come back in? Well, I think that uh, Brendan Rodgers has brought in a lot of extra players. He's got a lot of like first team wages playing on the second team. You know what I mean? Uh, so Neil Lennon's to apparently he's been going to training ground for the second green, uh, for the second team as well, and seeing everybody and how they play. But he's going to he's got thirty eight players and he used to have basically twenty four. Mm. Yeah, I mean there are numerous examples. Where do you start, mm. Marvin Compare? Scott Allen, who we know will join Hibs. Do you include Nier Beaton in that? Christian Gamboa. The list goes on and on. Emilio Izaguirre. I mean, he's at least involved with the first team, unlike some of those others. And what happens with, you know, Daniel Arzani has still taken back. It was the long-term loan he signed. What happens when Lewis Morgan comes back from Sunderland as well? He's another. Young Ewan Henderson signed a deal now, a longer-term deal. Does he see more first-team action next season? Um, you know Ross is right a big squad there And that's even before You mentioned Craig Gordon Thank you to Ross and Greenock Where are we on the teaser What did you come up with During the break So hey. Stephen Bogue Sent tonight's question in He says since the start Of the MLS in 1996 14 Scottish players Have scored for both A top flight Scottish club And scored in the MLS I think we've discovered A 14th one Rather than 13 But it's fine You've got Chris Boyd Paul Dalglish Richard Goff Mo Johnson Sean Maloney Kenny Miller, Barry Robson, Johnny Russell, John Spencer. Right. G- Jamie Smith. That's a great shoot. He played for Colorado. And a current one, Sam Nicholson. Yes. He's played for Minnesota and Colorado. Mm. Played for Hearts, of course. Do you want my snippet? So I think you've only got three to get. Come Two on. from the original list go and one it, more. Go for it. I like to build it up with the music. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Tam McManus. Very well done Also played for Colorado Great You've got two to get So we'll leave it there Because you've still got a bit of time To think a few minutes left uh, Of tonight's show And by the way We've uh, we've accidentally Uncovered something here So we played you Chris Boyd's Mattress commercial Didn't we? Because we were were Talking about it We thought it was quite funny Uh, And someone I wish I could find The original tweet Because they deserve the credit For it Uh, There we are It's Outlaw Pete Has sent in Alaska Air A John Spencer commercial as well, you put you put him forward for the teaser. Here he is. Okay, take a seat and shut your haggis traps. There are eight exits on the 737, and unless you're on your smarty phone like a right prat, you would know they are. To fasten your seatbelt, you'll take this little fiddly bit and insert that little fiddly bit. And how you drove to the bleeding airport without knowing this, I will never know. <laughs> <laughs> this show just has a mind of its own sometimes You end up down a path And there we go That was actually quite funny I quite like that Do you know That's the way he goes about his business Spenny uh, I've been out cycling with, with John And he's Terrific company uh, Honestly that's just him Unbelievable Alaska air 
Yeah, apparently that, so. that is just him. That's the way he goes about his business. He's a funny, funny lad. Got to say, and I what think, a good footballer he was. I as think well. this was when he was the head coach of the Portland Timbers yeah, at the time. Can you that, imagine? You imagine that call, Roger, to the PR department of one of our clubs. Look, we've got an idea for an advert. We're going to dress your manager up as an airline pilot. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't get that sentence out Before the phone got hung up over here Yeah I can just imagine Phoning and asking for Neil Lennon or Stephen Gerrard to, to perform that Anyway that was all good fun We've got a couple left on the teaser We'll get to them uh, A bit later on We do have Some big games actually In the championship Tonight Roger As we already outlined on Beat the Pundit of course But that was just one of the fixtures uh, That's catching the eye tonight Air United Queen of the South Morton Alloa And Ross County Dunfermline So Implications at top and bottom In that division Implications tonight. at top and bottom If Aloha win at Capelo The way they won at Falkirk At the weekend Not only are they off the bottom But Morton and Queen of the South Are sucked right into the relegation issue um, Air United all but secure in the playoffs I think anything at home to Queen of the South Tonight would put them there permanently And there's a combination of results Namely Ross County win tonight Dundee United don't win on Friday night Ross County could be crowned Championship mm. title winners And promoted back to the Premiership By 5 o'clock on Saturday Oh you're right I think we should send somebody To that game in Dingwall on Saturday <laughs> Always you Any ideas? Got, oh, yeah, yeah I've got oh, ideas I, He's sitting I, next to me I clearly wasn't listening When this plan was hatched You're looking forward to it? I wouldn't go that far well, You're going to have to get used to it Because we're going to have A few old, few trips next season <laughs> They're coming back have up you, Have you ever been to Dingwall Gordon? As a uh, Representing Super Scoreboard I don't think I have no. Oh, we can sort Listen, that out. Oh, we can sort that out. You know, don't to, worry. to answer your question, I'm quite looking forward to it. It's a lovely drive up the it's way. The worst. Co- <laughs> oh, it's nice. Coffee and a scone in the way up. A wee haggis supper on the way back down does. You always get a warm welcome in Dingwall. Oh, you do. Very, it's a lovely club. I've very, got to say, nice. lovely club. Yeah, it must be said. Right, there's a couple left on the teaser. Then I think you've actually got two to get still. How, how about Paul Ritchie? No. The other one I thought about was another ex-Rangers defender, Greg Shields. No. And how's about one from left field, Alan Russell? No. Did go. David Robertson go to? No. I'm struggling, Roger. He's a striker. He's a striker. There's only one. How many have we get, got to get? Two. <sighs> one or two. One or two. You know, sometimes it's a bit loose, the number of the answers that they send in. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen Bogue sent in 13 players. I think there is a 14th. So, I'm quite relaxed about it. It's just a bit of fun. Who's the 13th? Give us a clue to the 13th. He was well known here for the job that he did away from football. Oh, Kenny Duker. Yeah, doctor. Salt Lake in 2008. And the last one, the Scottish clubs you're looking for are Kilmarnock, mostly. And I think I spell it Dundee United, if I remember correctly. I've not, I've not got a clue. No? No. I'm sorry, I'm out. We do the old initials that yeah, yeah, Hugh Keevans likes. Yeah. P C. Oh, uh, Peter Canero. Peter Canero. Well done. All right. Thank you, Gordon DL and Roger Hanna for joining me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's show. Big thanks as always for all the calls and tweets. We always love it for you keeping us company. Uh, Ryan Borthwick is up next. It's not Callum Gallagher, so Ryan's up next. But we're back tomorrow at six o'clock with Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com.